Welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast. My name is Samantha Hearn and I'm the host of this amazing channel. I wanted to bring you a place where you hear from myself and other amazing inspirational business people on their journey to the success they've created. I wanted to bring you the offline journeys to the online successes that we see on social media. I want to create a place where you hear the struggles people have been through, the challenges, the lessons they've learned, the mistakes they've made, so that you know that ordinary people can create extraordinary things every single day, and that it's totally possible for you too. The Be Bold in Business podcast is a place where you are going to hear real, genuine, warts and all stories from some of the most exceptional people in business and how they succeeded anyway. If you are ready to show up in your business, if you are ready to be bold, if you are ready to learn from your mistakes, if you are ready to bounce back and become more resilient, this is the podcast for you. And me, Samantha Hearn, I cannot wait to welcome you, support you, empower and inspire you and share with you the stories that sometimes don't get shared online and give you this real refreshing approach on how building a business sometimes can be hard, sometimes involves failing, sometimes involves struggle, but you can still succeed anyway. So welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take your invitation to be bold in your business too. Welcome to another episode. So today we are talking to two amazing individuals who, to be honest with you, actually just make me laugh. Uh, But I'm not going to tell too much of the story too soon. But I just want to remind you all that the reason for this podcast is to give you the offline stories to the online success. So we're not going to be talking about all of the amazing, incredible things that these two have done. We're going to be talking about the journey to get there and how they've had to go through challenges, look at their mindset, life, health, relationships all of it and make sure that you listening know that when you see these people online they are human too they do have to overcome their own struggles but you can still keep going so welcome to the podcast Andrew and Pete do you want to just tell everyone who you are thank you so much for having us I'm excited for this I still remember the first time we met Samantha I I was like in pain from laughing so hard I feel like we always just have a good giggle but I am looking forward to sharing a bit of all that good stuff that you just talked about as well because I do think I don't know what you think about this Pete but I feel like this is a really important topic that not many Mm -hmm. people talk about at all I do think there's a a much there's a very much of an an edited viewpoint that you see online so yeah I am looking forward to digging into some of the the crap as well So, uh, a little bit about us. We are Andrew and Pete. This is the voice of Pete. And this is the voice of Andrew. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And together we are Andrew and Pete. Uh, We run a business helping small businesses make more money by focusing more and doing less so they can grow quicker. And that's what we're all about. Right top 100 digital marketers in the world and all that stuff get to speak everywhere um but looking forward to talking about some of the tough times so that if anyone else is going through the tough times then and let's face it they come thick and fast so helping people with that is going to be really rewarding i think it's going to be a great podcast yeah i'm so excited and it is true like obviously we will speak about what the the boys have done like in their 
business career because that just comes up anyway but I do think it's super important but the first thing I want to do is kind of explain what happened when we first met just because it's just too funny so basically <laughs> we were at the Upreneur three years ago and this was before Andrew and Pete were speaking so I didn't know I knew who they were, but I didn't really compute that they were talking, you know, when you're just kind of like there and in the moment. And there was a woman going around the room taking pictures of everyone's feet. And I remember being like, this is so weird. Like this woman's taken, actually taken a picture of everyone's feet. So I go up to the two of them after I'd spoken to them for like 30 seconds prior. So it wasn't like, you know, full blown BFFs yet. I was like, are you, what's going on here? Like, is this woman, like, what's, what's happening? They were like, we don't know. Like, we think maybe she's got a thing with feet or shoes. We really, really do not know. She then came and took a photo of my feet. And we were like, this is the weirdest thing. So I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go and ask her. So the conversation, our, our conversation actually started because of this woman taking a photo of all of these other people's feet. And it turned out, that she actually did have a thing for shoes. And was she a shoe designer or like a shoe? Yeah, she was making a blog for shoes at conferences and different footwear. But the funny thing is when you came over to ask us, what's the deal with this lady? As you were saying that very question, she was stood behind us in, in your corner, in your eye line, and you just blurted out and pointed like, there she is. <laughs> and the whole like group that we were with just like turned and looked at this poor woman. Yeah, and I had to make up this whole story. Like, yeah, whatever you're doing, it's what is it? I mean, it just sounds so intriguing. Oh my god, I forgot about that. So yeah, that, that's how we met about this. I forgot that that's what she was doing. She was doing like a video blog thing, yes. So that's how it began, really. And yeah. then, obviously, that was it was quite mega lulls, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and now we're BFFs, and you're, you're, you've got us on your podcast, and you're going to be speaking at Atomic Con 2021. Hello. Could this be any more aligned? I mean... <laughs> but from that, as I said, so the boys, they were speaking on the stage there, and to be fair, it was unreal. Like, the branding, the cut, like, it was the first time I'd experienced the two of them so it was quite new to me but it was just so fresh and vibrant and obviously you know I love yellow but they have like bright pinks bright yellows like everything was just so like loads of emojis it was full of personality and I was like oh my god these two are just so much fun they have so much energy they just get on so well together it was just amazing but I think that is the impression that a lot of people have when they first come across you this like vibrant energetic super excitable like so passionate about what they do and these colors and everything but i'd quite like to find out when you're not in that space who you are as individuals well do you know what's really funny like that was your first impression of us doing a talk like that and that was actually the first time at that um, event, Youpreneur, where we had done a talk in that kind of style. So like, even though we might have been coming across as these like super fun guys that were like super confident on stage, like inside that whole day, I think both of us were dying, Pete, weren't we? I don't think we've ever so been we've more been. nervous because it was almost like, it was like a role playing talk, wasn't it? Like previously we had done the whole like talking over slides thing. And like, that was the first time we had done that. And we were 
shitting it. Like yeah, we we have like a fifty page script to learn word for word, and if if one of us messed it up, it wasn't like we could just continue. It was that would that would screw up the line for the next person. Mm-hmm. And we'd rehearse this thing a thousand times. It was like the most stressful thing to to prepare for. Yeah. And I'm, it's funny so. because, like, in the run-up to talks, like, I'm much more of an introvert and Pete is much more of an extrovert. So in the run-up to talks, I'm the one that, like, it really affects me. I don't overly enjoy it, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I don't, I don't think that... I don't think the pain before the talk is maybe worth what the talk can give you. Um, I find it quite stressful. I find it quite... Um, scary quite nerve-wracking where pete has always been a lot more confident a lot more confident with people a lot more confident on stage but then on the day it's quite funny it kind of switches and i just can't wait to get it over when pete is turns into the nervous wreck (laughs) (laughs) i've actually asked about that so a lot of people have a perception i suppose that everything that you do in your business you like love you know like and it's like yes this is just the best thing and i'm carving out this lifestyle that's just full of you know everything that i love which of course it is but there are things that you do that maybe do challenge you more than you enjoy them how what makes you keep doing those things rather than just all the things that you love doing oh that's such a good question so for us, we had, we had like all these different income streams and you know, they, you, you get told that you need all these different income streams, right? And eventually it's good to have more income streams, but you need to focus on one thing at a time. And what we found was our time was being split. We had one-to-one stuff. We had brand ambassador stuff. We had affiliate stuff. We had um, membership. We had speaking. We had the event. We had books. We had workshops, we had like uh, deals with brands who wanted us to do videos and stuff for them. And it was like crazy, all these different income streams. And you know what? Like we ran the numbers on them all. And we said, if we, if we do our best in every one of these, how much money are we going to make in five years time? And not only that, but what do we actually enjoy as well on top of that? And without a doubt, like the membership and the event were like hundreds of thousands of pounds, if not millions of pounds, like more profitable than anything else five years in. Even if we did like the best coaching in the world, if we got paid 40 grand for our speaking gigs, like it still wasn't going to be enough. And we started to think, okay, well, what if we stopped to doing the speaking? Like, what if we stopped doing the one-to-one stuff? What would happen? Okay, well, we'd we'd have more time to focus on the membership that we enjoy the most, and it would grow quicker because we've got more time on it. So that's good. But what about speaking? Like, does it help us? Does it bring in more sales? Or, you know, do we really enjoy it? Is it something we want to keep doing? And when we assessed that, we realized that all of our members, like, out of all the different ways that people come across us, speaking was number four on the list and it was way behind things like our youtube channel where 40 percent of people found us first came across us and referrals and other interviews like on podcasts so it was actually the fourth thing on the list we actually didn't enjoy all the stress leading up to it it takes a lot of time to do a really good tour and it didn't make us 
anywhere near the amount of money that we could make on the other streams. So we thought, you know what, like, let's stop it. So like, we've actually stopped taking on a lot of speaking gigs and focused more on the things that we actually love. But it was all based down to a financial decision, like on the actual numbers, and also about what we love, what we enjoy. Because there's nothing that's more important than your own like happiness in your business. Because the moment you you lose that ambition, the moment you don't enjoy it, you're not going to put your all into it. You're going to stall, and uh, it's just way too stressful. And it that makes you like just have terrible decisions, basically. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we don't enjoy that you do have to do. And like to get over that, we have just got the absolute bug for outsourcing these days. I think we put off outsourcing for a long time. And over the past, I don't know, maybe three years, we've grown the team from just us two to there's us two and now another 10 people working um, on a freelance basis. And we just want to get rid of all the stuff that we don't enjoy. Um, I think it's really important to, obviously there are times where you have to do the stuff yourself till you're scaling, till your business is making enough money to bring people on. But like as soon as, like do that as soon as you can. Like we waited for far too long. We were super stressed trying to do all the things that we didn't even enjoy, like the bookkeeping or um, writing emails and answering emails and stuff like that. And as soon as like we realized the power of outsourcing to free up our time, so we could focus on making more money to outsource to free up more time to make more money, like things, it was it was literally like a, massive shift I think we could both feel. Yes, it was like our business suddenly had a lot more momentum, a lot more momentum. Like you outsource, you get more time. The more time you have, the more money you make. The more money you make, the more team members you have. The more team members you have, the more time you have, the more money you make. Yeah. Well, exponentially. Do you know what? Because I think I agree, but I think it's so hard when you first start doing that, which is why I'm so glad you said that it's not like you outsourced just straight away. But I think someone listening to this will be in a situation potentially where they know they're doing everything themselves. They know that they're working way too hard. They might feel like they're burning out. And obviously, you know, Burnout gets used a lot in the online space, but I want to make it really clear is what it feels like to them. You know, they maybe just mm. feel like they're not hydrated. They're just working too hard. You know, they just, they end up not really making progress in any of the things they really want to, but they're just sort of stuck in this spiral of, but I have to do it all. Mm. I have to make everything work. Did you not find it scary to say we're going to because even when you said that you know we, we we stopped taking on taking on as many speaking gigs and i just think as well as that being a really bold move it's got to be pretty scary you know it's, even though you know it's the right thing to actually sit down and start putting up these boundaries how do you get to a place where you say although it's what we've always done we don't want to keep doing it and also not go back on yourself like not then say oh yeah, we won't. And then someone comes out and you're like, but this would be a great opportunity. Let's just do this one. And then, do you know what I mean? How do you stop yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so me and Peter, uh, we're not very good with details, to be honest. However, one detail that we are good with is our bank balance and our income and our outgoings. 
So no matter what decision we make, we always run, we actually call them reality forecasts within Atomic and we get all of our members to do it like straight away because it's the best way to actually make better decisions. But it is just basically a cash flow forecast. I don't think enough businesses know exactly how much money's coming in, exactly how much money's coming out, and what would happen if you do certain things. Like for example, okay, if we drop all of our coaching clients, like this is, a, this is like an actual example. So we had all of our income streams in there and we were like, right, we want to grow Atomic. We've got our coaching clients that are taking up like a good few days per month. Like what would actually happen financially to our business if we just cut that income stream? Oh, look, it's like in 12 months time, we still have money in the bank. We're still paying ourselves and all of our freelancers. Like not so much, nothing bad happened. Same with speaking gigs. Like if we take that line out of the cash flow forecast, what happens to our business? Or even like drastically, like if we drop everything and Atomic stays as it is, how long until we run out of money? So we'll often do this, like, okay, if we stop this, then, or if we take on this person and suddenly our costs go above what we're actually bringing in, do we actually run out of money? How long is that going to take? Are we going to run out of money in one month? If so, probably not a good idea. Are we actually going to run out of money in nine months time? Okay, nine months now we've got, like, what happens if we cut all those income streams, but we've got nine months now to actually grow the one thing that could exponentially help us grow. Such a good yeah. point. Um, so like constantly, probably once a month, we're looking at our figures, working out where, where everything is yeah. in our business and what would actually happen if we take on that new member of team, if we invest in that area, what's it look like? And, and we're not saying this is easy either after you've made the financial decision, but the financial decision helps you map out the consequences. Like writing that email to fire all of our one-to-one -one clients was, we were shaking. We had goosebumps. Like we, we, we hated that moment. That was a horrible moment. Like, cause we felt really guilty for them all. Yeah. But once we sent it, we went home the next day, like, we had messages from, from them saying basically like, totally understand, like, good luck, like, really support, really supportive. Like, we didn't even think, like, you'd be doing this for this long because you're so awesome. Like, like we're so grateful you've been continued for this long. Like, really, really nice messages. And, and the thing with... Pardon? It always seems worse in your head than what mm -hmm. it is yes. in life. Yeah, it is. And the, and the thing with the outsourcing, it's like, it's really tough, right? It's a scary thing to just go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take on like this 500 pound a month or thousand pound a month person. Like what if I don't make that money back in the next three months? I'm screwed. I mean, the, the financial decision helps. Um, but this is, this is what we call a confidence plateau, right? Because all the things that are going to have the biggest impact on your business are really tough and scary to do like fire all your clients what are you crazy that's that's tough or like hire people that's crazy right i don't have enough money yet um and there's like 10 other things like massive things that people always struggle with and we call this a confidence plateau because you just don't if you don't have the confidence to overcome those things then you're going to plateau in your business it's, it's as simple as that and that's why every business stalls at some point, depending on their level of confidence 
to how how much they can take on those scary things that are holding them back, whether they know it or not. Totally. I've just actually written down, that's going to be the title of the podcast, The Confidence Plateau in Your Business. <laughs> there we go. Cool. <laughs> Trademark pending. Yeah, yeah. And, and from, that, from that place, have you ever been in a, in a situation, you know, even before business where confidence wasn't something that you had or enjoyed or even like, understood? So now it's obviously something that you use in your business and as part of your trainings and your content but has there been a time that either of you have just felt everything but confident i think <laughs> probably on a weekly basis there's a moment where we don't feel <laughs> confident in ourselves and our abilities i do think that is something i think most people would probably admit to that there's like i don't know we, we're quite um both of us are quite emotional, I would say, as well. We are, like, we've done all the different types of personality tests, and the thing that comes back is we're both, we both feel things quite deeply. So, like, things can affect us emotionally, even, like, the smallest things that wouldn't affect anyone else. Like, even if a cancellation, like, if like, someone cancels their atomic membership, it's like that's always, like, a kick in the stomach for us. It totally kills us, like, all day. Yeah. I hate so, that. How do you manage that like as a business because I think that you know I agree I, I feel like that and I think everybody does but they just don't talk about it but when you're at the beginning you never focus on you never really focus on what could go wrong because you haven't got to that point yet if you see what I mean you're at the mm -hmm. beginning and you're like I just want to do everything and you've got this amazing naivety and excitement and just enthusiasm and then when you get knocked it can feel like a big plummet and you're just yeah. like, is this ever going to happen? And even now, to know as as established as you are, it's not a plummet, but it is a knock. Like, how do you manage that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we manage it particularly well. <laughs> um, one, of, one of the things you do with that in particular is we have uh, a community manager who works on the back end, mm -hmm. and they go through all that stuff. And so we don't necessarily. We don't necessarily, it's not necessarily like at the front of our mind all the time. Let's yeah. put it that way. I think like we if are, I remember councils, I don't necessarily know straight away. I think something that counterbalances it as well is like our level of ambition. We've always been really ambitious and we've always wanted to, like someone asked us on a podcast the other day, it was quite funny. They were like, guys, did you ever think like 10 years ago you would have an event in Newcastle that had almost a thousand people come in? And like, we were like, well, yes, actually. Like we thought we would achieve that in like the first few years of our business. Because um, we have always been like ridiculously ambitious. We do constantly think big. I think that's always been really good at pushing us forward. And like when we haven't hit our goals, like that is, like that's an emotional knock for us. Like we wanted to be, like Pete's 30 now. I'm 30 in a month's time. And like, we wanted to be retired by like 25. So I think there has been a lot of learning. It's 10 years in September since we've been doing this. And like over the past 10 years, we have learned a lot. And I think we've learned to come to terms with things aren't always going to be as fast as what we want. But like also, we're constantly trying to like channel that the 21-year-old selves who thought we would be retired by 25. And also like just like the more we learn about ourselves as we grow older 
like the more we realize like what we actually want and what's driving us and mm -hmm. why that's not always necessarily healthy like for for the brain and and the body like if you've got you know the personality type that drives you because you know you want everyone to like you and, and the more people the better and yet you're almost driven by the number and and the amount of love you, that you feel um and, and you just want bigger and better and you want everyone to be proud of you and, and, and stuff like that and you need to realize that like that's it's that's not necessarily why you should be doing it and pushing yourself to burn out mm. for that reason that's not a good reason like you need to like accept yourself more and make yourself happier in other areas of your life so that you don't have to feel the pressure to become a millionaire overnight in your business just to prove to the world that you are a good person because you feel insecure about yourself yeah like so it's like that that whole thing is really important as well so because that is the one thing that if you if you if you're pushing yourself to burn out it's because to a degree that's something that you really want you want to like prove to the world that you're like this amazing person mm. that only comes from a place of insecurity so it's it's about managing that as well that is so true i want to talk about that but very quickly before i forget when is your birthday in june andrew it's the 19th i'm the 20th <laughs> oh no way well yeah. happy, happy birthday in advance it's and funny pete is pete is the 19th of may i'm the 19th of june so whole month younger than him <laughs> on that though then how you know i i totally agree you know like we find and it's it is in my personality type to be quite all or nothing like in everything so if i find a, a crisp that i like i'll only eat that crisp for like a month if i find a meal that i like in a restaurant i'll always order that meal like i'm very <laughs> very all or nothing and if i don't like it i just i just don't like it um, but then I think in business that can be hard to, to have, I've definitely had to manage that. Like I was at the beginning, like very all in and I would work so hard all the time, try and almost, it's so true. I would almost try and convince others of my abilities and overcompensate, oh, yeah. you know, like that whole, like, but you know, I can do it and I do do this. And I definitely, definitely agree that as you get older and you just, understand business more that your mindset changes around that however i also think that some people feel like people will take them less seriously if they are you know funny or themselves like right now which you can't see as we film this my hair is in a side ponytail that has dropped and i look like a sweaty mess so i'm, I'm in a beanie hat yeah. with an old t-shirt yeah, and I look great. Yeah. Andrew's even had a haircut from his girlfriend. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> you think, like, when you do this sort of thing, oh, should I, do I need to turn up in a certain way? Like, will people take me seriously? Do I need to, you know, present myself a certain way? And I think definitely for women and, and men, you know, in fact, everybody that has, has a story. So whether it is that you're a single parent or you've been through an experience or you didn't grow up with money or you don't have an office in your house, you don't have a studio, you don't have professional lights, all of these things that for some people it really holds them back and they just think people won't take me seriously. People won't think that I've got anything to say. Age, I'm too young for people to think I know what I'm talking about. I'm too old to start. Like all of these things that we put ourselves into these boxes what would you what advice would you give to people yeah. that are still doing what you said Pete you know when you were like people just push so far 
and then they burn out because it's a place of insecurity what would you say to someone when they do just constantly feel the push but they never ever that's the other thing they never feel the return it's always them giving 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 and nothing's coming back and then they just feel like is it me am i not worth it maybe i need to change maybe i don't look a certain way or this or that or act a certain way how do you manage that because i know that you two are just as wild as i am <laughs> yes <laughs> well you know what was really funny was if you look back at any of our old business like photos or what we used to do we used to go to networking events and we used to go to the office and we would dress in like full suits tie shiny shoes we looked like right different really? yeah and like the suit wasn't even like fitted it was just like a suit and it was just a little bit too big for me but like we looked ridiculous i'm sure but like that was us trying to fit in that was us trying to you know be like everyone else because we felt insecure that when we went to a networking event if you had two marketers in the room you've got andrew and pete you look about 13 right which is why i grew this mustache and beard because otherwise people think i look 13. so <laughs> there's us that look 13 with no experience or you've got like this 50 year old guy in an in a nicer suit that fits him and you know who do you trust more who are you going to go with you're going to go with the older dude right so well that's what we thought in our heads so we always try to like be that person and we try to uh you know prove ourselves all the time and i think in the end it it, it comes across the wrong way it can often lead to like cockiness or arrogance or like bragginess mm. and i think what we realized was a like you do need to be more of yourself and b it's it's not about being braggy it's about showing rather than telling and that's the difference so uh, on those two points so um like the moment we started to be more of ourselves like we started to throw chocolate around the, the networking event and do funny voices and, and bring props and all of a sudden like we totally wiped up when we went networking and and that was because we were just being ourselves we were standing out everyone was instantly you know magnetically liking us rather than oh they're just like everyone else trying to be like another marketer and people were actually attracted to that and we you know we utilized what was unique to us and you know what if you're young and you're like older you think magically that younger people are more technically savvy and so we use that to our strength and we were like yeah we're more technically savvy than all these other marketers like we know all the new tools we're down with the kids like we can do social media we use that to our advantage just because it was that stereotype that they'd placed it in automatically um so i think that really helps and then what was my other point i can't remember now i said i said there's two points there i can't remember I can't remember either. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I was on a roll, I? I was on a total roll. <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot. It's always interesting. Oh, it was show rather than tell. Yes, there you go. So, like, like, don't don't say you're amazing at Instagram and thrust it in everyone's face. Just be amazing on Instagram. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, like Samantha is, because we're totally <laughs> jealous of your Instagram account. So <laughs> jealous. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Just be more. It's more refreshing 
But I mean, uh, yeah, I could talk about this all day because I do really feel that. I feel like people come online and when I met you two, your personalities are very like my personality, you know, like quirky, funny, you just like, just yourself, you know, like within like two minutes, we were swearing, like making jokes, like embarrassing. Like it wasn't this whole, we need to, you need to prove who you are to someone and then they prove themselves back. And I think, mm. I definitely think that when people first come into the online space, it can be really intimidating because mm -hmm. there is a lot of what your life could look like or the material side of things or the lifestyle side of things and the end result. And I think that when people find potentially people that are more like us, you know, like normal, you know, every day, like tell jokes, like go for walks, do stupid stuff when you're in your hotel rooms on like going for your events and you're like chucking sweets around the room, like me walking my dog, all stuff like that. But people, people don't do that enough to show that actually creating success doesn't mean that you have to fit fit in a, in a certain way. Would you say that actually, especially for you, Andrew, is more of an introvert? Because I'm more like Pete in that sense. Like more, I, I quite like the energy of other people and like soaking that up. Do you think it's been easier for you to show your strengths and your qualities just being yourself rather than, you know, putting on the suit, trying to fit in? Do you think, was, did that feel more uncomfortable as an introvert person? That's a really good question. I'm trying to like think that one through because as a, as an introvert, it is often easier. It is often easier, like being the wallflower and like sinking into the background. And if you are trying to be like everyone else, then that's an easier situation at a networking event where if you are more of yourself and if you are trying to present like a if you are yourself then ultimately you will stand out more and so in situations like when we first met I was probably a lot more uncomfortable in that situation than Pete was and I try not to show it and I try to be I try to almost like trick myself into thinking okay right we're at a conference I need to talk to as many people as possible. Like I need to build the, I think it's maybe like the ambition and like, why am I here? What are we doing this for coming back? And it's not like introverts don't enjoy being around people. We do enjoy being around people, but I don't think it's easier. Like, I think it would be easier as an introvert to stand up on stage and do a normal talk than the type of talk that me and Pete would do, to be honest. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Do you think it helps being your personalities being different when you think about why you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you know why you would maybe one of you would want to do something and the other one wouldn't that kind of like challenge? Do you find that that is better that you're not both the same? Absolutely, yes. absolutely. <laughs> we we've done a lot of like personality tests and coaching on this and. So, so Andrew's personality type is very much like, let's just get this done. Like I've got, a, I've got something in front of me. Let's get that thing done. And which is amazing because it drives us forward constantly. And whereas I'm more of like a, okay, if we do this though, like what are people going to think of us? Are they going to like us more or less for doing this thing? And I'm, and I want it to be perfect. I want it to be amazing. And, and the balance of the two really works well because I push us to go, okay, we can get this done, but like, it's going to be rubbish and it's not going to have any effects. Like we need to shizzazz this up a bit and we need to do this and this. 
or well, you know, if we did it this way, it would it would piss people off. So let's not do that. Um, which it, which always helps us get better and more different content out there. But like when it comes to a difficult decision, or like a stumbling block, or if there's a load of tasks that need to get done, I'll sit and think about it for half an hour and think, oh, I don't really want to do that. Oh, I should really do that. And then I'll call Andrew up. I'm like, okay, I think we should do it. And this is my plan. And he's like, I'll, I'll stop you there. I've already done it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like Andrew, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is quite funny. I think like one of the... One of the toughest things that happened to us was when, when we did start getting a bit more success and we started get out, getting our name like outside our local circle, there was quite a bit of backlash within like the local community that we had built. It was like Andrew and Pete think they're kind of bigger for the boots and Andrew and Pete like think they're all that, going to America, doing all these things. Um, which was hard. And like we, we spoke to a lot of people and I think Pete, as the extrovert, kind of got a lot of flack for it, where I think people often think Pete's like the, because he's the extrovert and a bit more outgoing, he's like the, the kind of like the driving force. And like, if we've ever made a decision that people might not have agreed with or done, it's like Pete's fault, yeah. which is just completely not true at all. I think I'm a lot more hard-nosed than than Pete is <laughs> when it comes to making decisions and doing things like that. <clears throat> so it's interesting. I feel like we've got an interesting mix, like me being the introvert, but the one that can make quicker decisions and Pete yeah. being the extrovert that thinks about things a yeah. lot more than I do. I'd rather, yeah, like I'd rather spend more time thinking about it, but often that leads to procrastination. So there needs to be a balance and when it, going back to what you were saying there Andrew and from earlier in this podcast the the whole section about like the backlash and it again it goes back to that idea of confidence but stepping into arrogance because you're trying to impress everyone mm -hmm. and if you're constantly trying to impress everyone then you, you almost cross that line sometimes into like, hey, look at me, I'm so awesome. Yeah. And that just kind of puts people's noses out a little bit. Yeah. And so it's like a really fine balance. And that's why I said like, you need to bring it back to like getting rid of those insecurities. And it's like, show, not tell. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Have you ever been in a situation, and then we're gonna do like a fun quiz, but um, I think I always try and think about the person listening, what what would they want to ask you? And I think it's, you know, how, how can I make sure that they're listening to this knowing that, you know, for example, not wanting to take action, not wanting to be different or stand out or outsource, delegate, all of these things, how to take the action. The other thing I wanna ask, have you ever been in a situation where you thought, this just isn't gonna work? Uh, we've tried our best and it's just not, I don't know if we're going to, we just keep hitting a brick wall or something just keeps sort of going wrong in that like speech marks. Has, has anything like that ever come your way? I'm trying to think. I think like often that, I'm trying to think of a specific situation. Like whenever we try to do, like lots of things haven't got the plan. Like there's always been webinars that haven't converted or funnels that we've built that haven't worked or like promotions we've done that haven't worked. 
Perfect. That's good. Let's talk about that because I think that so many people online build something, think it's going to make them like, you know, thousands, millions, however many pounds, and then it just doesn't. And it like flatlines. And then they're like, what am I going to do here? I've already done the graphics. I've already edited. I've paid someone. I've done this, I've done that. In yeah. those situations then, how do you, I've got two, two parts. Number one, okay. how do you then bounce back and create something else? Mm -hmm. And number two, how do you not take that personally and think that it's because you aren't good enough? Okay, so one thing that we've got much better at over the past few years is going slower to go faster. Like, for example, um, Atomic membership. Like, for the, we launched it too, like, we'll hold our hands up and say we launched it far too early. Atomic's been going now since 2014. So it's been going for quite a while now. And we launched it before we had a big enough audience, before, um, not enough people knew who we were and we didn't really test it. It's like we made an emotional decision. We want to launch a membership. We did it. And for a lot of years, it was not paying the bills where everything else was, all the one-to-one -one stuff was paying the bills till we could build up Atomic to scale all the one-to-one -one stuff back. One thing we've got much better at with Atomic and with webinars and with funnels and stuff is, I think what a lot of people do is they'll guesstimate and then they'll automate, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. What we what we've started doing a lot more of is having conversations to build automations. I love it when things rhyme. Um, <laughs> what we did with Atomic, like we were hitting our head against a brick wall for so long. It's like, why can't we get this over like a few hundred members? Like, what is going on here? And we just called people. Pete's the extrovert, so he did majority of the calls and. <laughs> We called people and after every single call, um, Pete tried to sell it to the, that person on the phone. And after every single call, we came back together, we discussed it, we worked out what their objection was, worked out what they actually wanted to achieve. And then we tried to call another person and we got a no. We tried to call another person and we got a no. We tried to call another person and we got a no. Like, this this happened for like 30. The first 30 calls were terrible, but we learned every single objection and slowly one by one, we started to figure out ways to overcome that objection mm -hmm. and, and the ways that actually worked because some didn't. And so after every call, we got a little bit better, a little bit better. We, saw, we, we found another problem that we had to solve, another objection. And after the first 30, I got maybe like five to 10 people to join, so not very good. The next 30 calls, I had a 100% sign-up rate and then I did another 30 and another, and, and eventually we did, over, we did over 100 calls, sales calls. Do you know how long it takes yeah. to get 100 people on the phone and speak to them for 45 minutes? It's a long freaking time. Mm -hmm. But it's so, it, I think it's even good to just hear that though, that 30 people were like, nah, mate. And you were like, okay, cool. Well, let's just carry on because that's something else like especially in our generation and definitely the ones below us everything's instant it's all quick 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 now now mm -hmm. now like download watch pause advert skip so in the online world to think that you'd have to go through that much like nah and keep going but then look what happened so yeah. is that I, I really like that idea like slowing down to come forward is that something that you've done with other areas so say with a webinar or with a funnel have Absolutely. you then gone backwards before you've come forward you, you yeah. know you know what it is like we always we always did this we were always the ones rushing it first let's just get it done let's build the funnel let's do this let's do this we've created the most elaborate funnels 
the most elaborate lead magnets that have been like whole movies fully edited and no one freaking wants it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And what we've come to learn more and more and more is just follow the demand, follow the demand, right? And it goes, to, right, we know someone who set up a group, a Facebook group out of demand, out of demand for all the questions that they kept on like consistently getting, they created a course for it, right? And it was based on all these things that this group had, had, had talked about. And it was very, very natural. Very, very natural. They were following the demand. They made 200 grand in nine months of starting that business. Like 200 grand. And it's, it's phenomenal that you can make so much money so quick. But it's not. It's, it's easy once you have that demand, once you follow the demand. And what you see a lot of people do is put their head in the sand. Mm. They have the product that they want to sell. And they try and push that product, regardless of what anyone else thinks. If you put your product in front of somebody and they, they, they don't go, oh my God, that's amazing. That sounds really cool. Like, can I like buy that off you right now? Then you need to have a better product. Like, or and it's not necessarily better. about the product, but it's about the product because it's based on a demand. Yeah, follow the demand. I always say follow yeah. the momentum, similar thing. Like you can't, and also that's the other thing, which I think you'll both agree with. Just because you want to do it doesn't mean that you should. Mm -hmm. Even like with webinars, like a really quick one is just like try to find a poll. We've even gone to other groups, like people that own groups and just like, we'll ask them like, do you mind if we just like pop this? So we don't have a free Facebook group. We just have our paid for Facebook group. And we'll say, do you mind if we just pop this poll in? We're thinking of, about doing this webinar we put like four options in and the webinar that we were going to do comes out like bottom of the pile and yeah. we're like damn it like okay it's it's crazy i feel like Every we often think that we know and it's like really easy to like logically build out a funnel like okay this this happens first and then they go into this and they go into this and they go into this but i think we've we've learned to stop guessing every single part and try to get actual data to prove that, okay, once they do that, then they'll move on, then they'll move on, then they'll move on. Like, if you build a funnel, like, if, what's after that first step, like, call that person, you've read it, what did you think? Okay, what was the immediate question you had after that? That's all well and good, but I need to know this to move my business forward. Okay, great, I'm gonna create that for you now. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Actually asking the questions, like market research, avoid, yeah, 100%. Well, to be honest with you, I could like write about a bazillion notes. I think I might have changed the title of the podcast uh. as well. So, we'll see. What you... Okay, so I was thinking about this just as you were talking then about this question. And I, I don't know whether I want to ask it to your previous self or to someone else. So I'm going to do one of each. Okay. So I'd like one of you to think of your top piece of advice that you would give to anybody looking to start a business in the online space in whatever respect, uh, what would that be? And the mm -hmm. other one, what one piece of advice would you have given yourself 10 years ago, knowing what you know now? Who's going for which? 
I can answer I can both the of first those. One. Okay, you do, do the first one. Um, I would say use reactions to guide your business. Um, and what I'm what I mean by that is that it's it's that follow the demand, but it it also goes into like everything else. Like if you are creating content, we see so many people just creating content because they feel like they need to. And um, it's not getting any reaction or any engagement or shares or likes or comments or anything, but they just keep on continuing to post it. If you were not continuously like engaging new people and the same people, then you need to change it up. Don't just keep doing the same thing. And I feel like that's a really easy metaphor to get, but then transition that metaphor to like your own products and business. Like everything that you do in your business, does it get that reaction? Does it get that excitement? Because if it's not, then it starts to become a lot harder to sell and that starts to put a strain on the business. So that's one thing I would say. I love that. I've never had that before either. Yeah, Good. there you go. <laughs> What would yours be for your 10 year ago self? So I would tell our 10 year old selves to start building our audience sooner. And I think everyone thinks that they're building an audience just by having like a social media account, but like proactively trying to build an audience in one place with some kind of remarkable piece of content. So we started our business in 2011 and we didn't really start trying to grow our audience till around 2015 like okay let's put out a regular youtube video every single week in the same time in 2011 that's when people like johnny dumas started his podcast it's when like the likes of pat flynn were starting to get going yeah. and we spent like three to four years of what feels like now we were faffing on and we were probably learning a lot about ourselves. Like we were like 21, like fresh out the gate. So I don't want to be too hard on ourselves and have too many regrets. But I would go back and say, guys, you need to like start that YouTube channel a lot sooner because it takes a lot longer to grow than what you think it is. And three years down the line, you're going to wish you started it. It's like we so, yeah. planned this, but we obviously didn't. Because they are the two things I always talk about. One, you need a community. You have to have a community. Community first. Always community first. And then the other one about you need to make sure they need it or they want it or they're ready for it. Otherwise, don't create it and spend all your time yeah. doing it. I love that. Which is, which is where you're, what you'll get from building a community first. Mm -hmm. So true. But we understand it's not as easy as that either. Mm -hmm. like you can't just spend three years building a community and not making any money first. Totally. But at least the money that you do make will be with people that you align with more. So yes. Understand them more and you'll make less sales for sure, but at least the sales that you're making should hopefully be a little bit easier because yeah. they're people that you are connecting with and you're not feeling like you're constantly pushing mm -hmm. yourself. Absolutely. You can charge more as well. Like that's what I think in the, this online space, a lot of people will tell people you need a course, you need a membership where most people like we advise don't launch that course, don't launch that membership because your audience isn't big enough. In fact, what you need to be doing now is putting your price up, like put your price up, charge more because if you charge more, you can do less work. And because you're doing less work, you can spend more time actually building that audience. So when you launch that membership or when you launch that course, people are actually going to buy it. Where if you launch a membership now, if you do it the way we did it, 
if you launch a membership before you're ready, we spend years like working on Atomic and it making us no money and we work very hard. I love it. I mean, I could, I could definitely speak to you all day, but I do like <laughs> at least what we've got so far. And from this podcast, I really feel like someone listening to this is, is going to be able to go away and not only think about where they're at, but also have a bit more of a plan about what they should or can change doing. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, this isn't the stuff that we would necessarily like have a chat on the internet about because it's mm -hmm. not it's not the juicy sexy flavory things that people are like you know 10 steps to do this but actually this is the the conversation this 45 minutes actually this is what i need to focus on i need to look at the reactions i need to think about myself how i'm putting myself out there what i'm looking for my time money i love that you talked about money because that's something that we don't talk about enough. Like it's more, mm -hmm. have I got five bits of content a week? Have I got one live a week? Have I got this and that and the other? But then money falls to the wayside, you know, mm -hmm. well, what's actually creating an income. Um, my final thing is a quiz. Okay. okay. Awesome. Is there That's a prize? Is it a competitive thing? Because we are quite competitive. No, it's not competitive. It couldn't be quite <laughs> the same. It would literally be like, we'd all, <laughs> we'll all be hearts racing. Like, <laughs> Um, it's basically, I'm going to give you an option, two options, and you have to just pick one, but you can't explain it and you can't have both. Okay. I'll be really good at this because I can make quick decisions. Pete, on the other hand, yeah, come on, Pete. we might be here a while. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically, would you rather? It's my favorite game. I'm okay. so bad at this. That's it. So quick. Okay. So would you rather yes. be able to... <laughs> Or read minds? Invisible. Read minds. Oh, okay. Would you rather only be able to eat sweet things or savoury things? Savoury. Savoury. Would you rather be able to time travel to the future or time travel to the past? Time travel past. to the past. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Would you rather be able to click your fingers and in your hand, so you click your fingers and in your hand is your favorite alcoholic beverage whenever you want. Or click your fingers and in your hand is your favorite edible snack. Oh, edible food. snack. Okay, good, all right. Would you rather have <laughs> edible spaghetti hair that grows back every night? <laughs> I eat your hair and it grows back, but it's spaghetti. Or you sweat maple syrup. Oh, maple <laughs> syrup for sweat. <laughs> I think the spaghetti hair. Yeah. I, I wouldn't spaghetti hair. You could carb load before you exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my final one, my final one. Would you rather only be able to see in black and white or only be able to smell things in nature? Um, the smell, smell one. Smell one. You can't smell food, perfume, aftershave, nothing. Only nature. Yeah, but I like pretty things. Yeah, but black and white is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like to see black and white either. Oh no, my final question, sorry. Do either of you have like a, a sign from the universe? A sign from the universe? Yeah, so like if you see it, it's a lucky charm, or if you see it, it's like, yes, we're on the right track or anything. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm very much an entrepreneur's create their own work type of person. Love it. 
I really I want a that, science like... of the universe now, though, Pete. Huh? Yeah. I really well, want one now. Uh... I tell you why, because I wasn't, and then last December, everyone was talking about these signs from the universe, and was like, you know, I've got my sign, my sign, my sign, and I was like, I want a sign. Like, what is going on? So I asked one of my friends, and they were like, you literally just have to like stop and just say, what's my sign, and see what comes to your head, like the first thing. Anyway, well, as you said, what's what's oh. the sign? And Andrew said, oh, I wish we had a sign right now. Like, uh, a member just joined Atomic. Uh, I got a notification <laughs> on my phone. Hello! <laughs> so that's our sign from the universe. I love it. My, my <laughs> sign is a flamingo. Flamingo? It just came to me, random, but now I see them everywhere, seriously. So, but, so I, Samantha, I thought you should have chosen something else, like, like a cup. Like, you just yeah. see cups everywhere. You could be so successful right now. You would be, like, a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Samantha is constantly going to the zoo from now on. Yeah. That's the... <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know what my sign is? My mobile phone. Yes. <laughs> Whenever... You need to think of something super abstract. That's my challenge for you both. The next time I speak to you, I want you to both have like the most abstract sign. And I bet you, you start seeing it everywhere. Okay. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you do, don't you? You do. Challenge accepted. Yeah. But thank you so much for spending time with me. I've really, really enjoyed it. I love oh, that. Thank you so too. much for having us. I hope you enjoyed listening to that, guys, as well. Yeah. Thank everyone for listening. And when it comes out, obviously, it will have your tag and everything, and people can start stalking you on the internet if they don't already. Nice. <laughs> running a business can be hard, and running a business alone as a solopreneur is even harder. If you are fed up of figuring it out on your own, making mistakes and struggling alone, trying to learn as you go, taking one step forward and feel like you take two steps backwards, there is always more that we can learn together. The BMA is the place for you. I'm extending a warm invite for you to join the place for female entrepreneurs to support and empower one another, to seek high level coaching and mentorship from me and to have access to invaluable resources, templates and worksheets for you to succeed, scale your businesses and grow together. As an affordable, low investment every month, the BMA couldn't be more perfect for you. The Bold Moves Academy is focused at coaching female entrepreneurs in what they need most to accelerate their business and make the progress they deserve. Building a successful business doesn't have to be lonely and it certainly doesn't have to be complicated. I can't wait to see you inside the BMA today.